With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The son of a Polish immigrant who grew up in a Brooklyn tenement, Bernie Sanders. He went to public schools, then college, where the work of his life began. Fighting injustice and inequality, speaking truth to power. Bernie moved to Vermont, won election and praise as one of America's best mayors. In Congress, Bernie stood up for working families and for principle, opposing the Iraq war, supporting veterans. Now he's taking on Wall Street and a corrupt political system that holds up a rigged economy. Bernie's campaign is funded by over a million small contributions from people like you. He's fighting for living wages, equal pay, and tuition-free public colleges. Bernie Sanders. People are sick and tired of establishment politics, and they want real change. Bernie Sanders, husband, father, grandfather, an honest leader, building a movement with you to give us a future to believe in. I'm Bernie Sanders, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Bernie 2016. You're listening to 5.30 a.m. Underground Progressive Radio. Hi, this is Stuart Acuff with Utility Workers Union of America uh, asking you to tune in every time you can to Bob Carson's Carson's Corner, one of the best pro-labor shows in America. We love it at Utility Workers. We love it across the AFL-CIO, and we're grateful to Bob for coming on and holding up our issues and holding up our principles and values. My name is Angelo Carasone, better known as Stop Back on Twitter, and primarily I spend my time trying to debunk right-wing lies that uh, permeate our media, and there's you know, one of the places that we do it is on Bob Carson's uh, show. This is Lamar Waldron, the author of Ultimate Sacrifice and Legacy of Secrecy, uh, those two books, uh, the latter of which will become a movie uh, uh, produced and starring Leonardo DiCaprio in 2013, and you are listening to Carson's Corner with Bob Carson on Underground Progressive Radio. Hi, this is Frank Schaefer, author of Sex, Mom, and God. You're listening to Carson's Corner, a show I enjoy. I hope you enjoy it, too. I encourage you to listen. Hi, this is David Levitt, your host from SYM Radio. SYM Radio is helping raise awareness to missing persons, parental stranger abductions, and human trafficking through our partners. We also raise awareness that people with disabilities can do whatever they set their mind to through the love of God in Christ. And we're proud to be an affiliate with Carson's Corner. And you're listening to Carson's Corner with Jay Ray and Bob Carson on Underground Progressive Radio and also at SYMRadio.com slash live.
And we're live here on Carson's Corner on Underground Progressive Radio, 5.30 a.m., and streaming live on Blog Talk Radio. And we welcome our newest affiliate as of last week, Speak Your Mind Radio. J. Ray, Justin Ray Harvey, the great one, joins us as always to co-host this extravaganza. Justin, how are you today? I'm doing okay, Bob. Hanging in there, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. You know, we, we we let me tell you, our last show with Lee Camp has just the numbers are astronomical. Thousands, I can't emphasize this enough. Thousands of downloads. Okay, uh, it's been a week, and the, the the show has done very well. The feedback that we've gotten has been uh, just remarkable, and you know, now the fact that we're on Speak Your Mind Radio. Uh, and you know, we're, things are really are really doing well for us. I mean, we're we're really going uphill here, and I'm just I'm just excited. I, I really am. I feel that we have momentum, you know. Yeah, we we've hit a milestone, brother. We're 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 climbing that mountain one step at a time, but we're climbing it. And I'm I'm just glad to be a part of this journey with you, Bob Carson. So absolutely, and and uh, we want to thank Lee Camp. And uh, this week is going to be a special edition of Carson's Corner. This is something very, very different that we have for our audience here. Um, in light of the fact that we've picked up the, a new affiliate, uh, in, in light of the fact that you know we're going to be broadcasting to a whole new audience, uh, we are doing a special edition of the show today, which is geared towards missing children. Speak Your Mind Radio, uh, which is a, a website owned and operated by David Leavitt, who uh, is, is a great individual. Uh, he, former radio host, uh, missing child advocate. Uh, he's going to be joining us on the program in just a little while, and he's going to explain what this site is all about, uh, how you can contribute, how you can interact uh, with David and, and some of the other individuals behind this site, and what you can do to raise awareness of uh, this this problem, which is, I, unfortunately, I hate to say it, it's never going to go away. I mean, there's always going to be missing, missing uh, children. Uh, but, you know, what, what could increase is our motivation and, and our uh, raising awareness to, to try to, you know, help people, uh, help these children, because there have been several high-profile cases over the last few years. You know, Elizabeth Smart comes to mind. Uh, other uh, missing children who are thought to be dead or thought to be, you know, just never to be found and, and only to be found, uh, you know, through hard work and, and perseverance. And, uh, you know, um, so th th there's never too dire of a situation. There, there, there's never, you know, a case that's been open too long uh, for us just to keep going at it, you know. Absolutely, Bob. And not only that, but uh, Speak Your Mind radios for DJs or anybody with a disability. When people say that we can't, yes, we can. And that's one of the points of Speak Your Mind radio. Yes, so. absolutely. It is. It's, it really is a great, great uh, thing, website. Uh, and you know, speaking of which, David is uh, joining us right now. Uh, David, welcome live to Carson's Corner with Bob Carson and Justin Ray Harvey. Hey, uh, I don't know the time that's right going. I kept getting an error, but now I'm actually through. 
doing? Good. We're, we're doing well. We were just uh, going into a, a little bit about uh, your website, and we're going to discuss <laughs> that a little later on in, in the program, too, because, uh, David, we have a, a very, very special guest that we're going to have to call. Um, we're going to take a commercial break in just a few moments, and we're going to try to reach her. But her name is Glendine Grant, and uh, her daughter was abducted uh, in 2006. And uh, Glendine has a, a show on Blog Talk Radio. Um, she also uh, is a missing child advocate. And this is just a, a remarkable story, um, and it's, it's one that can't be told enough. And we're, so we're going to have Glendine Grant. We're actually going to play a little bit of a, an audio clip that David sent me that just you know, goes over the story, and so so individuals out there can be uh, familiar with, with the story. And the number is three four seven three two six nine seven four nine three four seven three two six nine seven four nine is the number. If anybody wants to call uh, and be a part of the program, that is always welcome. Uh, I want to just tell the individuals li listening on Blog Talk Radio that you'll be able to see. Uh, Jesse Foster is the, the name of uh, the uh, missing child, Glendine Grant's uh, missing daughter. And you'll be able to see photos of her going back, I think, to 2006, David? Yes. And you'll also be able to see a future enhanced photo of, of what she uh, may look like now. I believe she was uh, 28 or so uh, when she... Uh, was missing. Well, you know, Glendine will be able to really, really uh, tell us the story. And I'm telling you, this is really going to be compelling radio. And so, with that, Hello? we're going to take a commercial break. David, are you there? Yes, I'm. I'm here. Okay, good. I I just don't want to have technical difficulties because my uh, main before 15 minutes before the show, Justin, my main computer <laughs> crashed. And so the, the computer that I, I normally use to broadcast this program uh, is not available, so I had to go to a backup computer. And so, uh, you know, things are a little bit different for us here today. But i got to tell you, I think my computer is, is done, Justin. I think my main yeah. computer is done. I, I agree. I think, that's why, I think that's why when I called in, I got kicked off earlier, and I was like, what in the world's going on, you know? And I kept hearing a beeping like a beeping sound, so yeah, I think your computer's had a bulb. Yeah, I you know I thankfully I have a backup computer, so that enable, enables me to do the show. But um, you know I just want to uh, so far so good, no technical difficulties. But here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna take a commercial break, uh, and then when we come back, we're gonna play you um, a little clip uh, regarding the the Jesse Foster disappearance and. Then we're going to call, we're going to reach out to Glendine Grant, who is in Canada, and we're going to have her live on the program after these messages. So just stay tuned. Keep her right here on Carson's Corner on Underground Progressive Radio and Speak Your Mind Radio. We'll be right back after these messages, folks. This is an important message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. As the cleanup process begins after a natural disaster, there may be areas of flooding. Constantly watch your children to prevent playing in or around water. It doesn't take long and it doesn't take much water for young children to drown. In many cases, children who drowned had been out of sight less than five minutes and were in the care of one or both parents at the time. To learn more, call CDC at 800-CDC-INFO. 
What do your status updates say? You're learning a new language? Going all organic? Instead of typing your feelings, what if you could put them into action by creating a network to help keep kids off the streets in a country like Armenia or in Honduras? What if every ounce of your being helped update the status of a person and in turn they did the same for you? Would this be enough social interaction? Life is calling. How far will you go? Peace Corps. Get interactive at peacecorps.gov game. She was just 21 years old. March 29, 2006, Jessie Foster vanished without a trace. The young and vibrant woman was lured like so many others by the bright lights of Las Vegas. You know what? She's a tiny little girl that leaves the hugest hole, and um, I miss her so much. For the past six years, Glendine Grant has spent every waking moment searching for her daughter. We stopped getting tips and phone calls. I mean, I just got one this morning, an email from somebody, and they're never stopping. It's believed Jessie was forced into prostitution and brainwashed by then-boyfriend Peter Todd, a man Jamaican national authorities have labeled a pimp. She stopped calling her family and has never been seen or heard from since. You know, she was... Uh, you know, beaten and hospitalized with a broken jaw and forced to work at an escort agency and arrested for solicitation. To mark the sixth anniversary of Jessie's disappearance, Glendine Grant has released an age-progressed portrait showing what her missing daughter might look like now. I looked at the rest of her face, which, um, you know, okay, a little bit here and there difference, and she explained how the noses droop with age and just certain things that happen, and I really saw... Um, a 28-year-old Jessie, you know, that, you know, I, it was wonderful. Six years later, Jessie's mother works tirelessly traveling to communities to warn others of the dangers of sex slavery. And she hosts a vlog radio show about the missing and exploited. Jessie is considered Canada's most well-known missing human trafficking victim and has become a poster child for the crime. Glendine's dedication to the issue has become a coping mechanism as well. We've um, developed skills, our coping skills that you would learn in any tragedy, and those coping skills have allowed us to carry on so we can be as normal as you can. Glendine has made the trip to Las Vegas a number of times to hand out pictures of Jesse and try to find answers. And while the case has gone cold, she believes this portrait of her daughter could generate new leads. Glendine says she'll never give up hope. Oh, I'll never give up hope because if I do, then why would I be started? Why would I have put myself through six years of this? Well, we're back live here on Carson's Corner. Just a, a correction on my part. I had said earlier that uh, Jessie disappeared when she was 20. In fact, now she was uh, 21 years old, um, and that's just a correction on my part. We're joined, of course, by J. Ray Justin Ray Harvey, our co-host, and David Liebett of Speak Your Mind Radio. We're going to try to reach out now to Glendine Grant. We're going to try to call her now. Unfortunately, uh, we, we do not have any, any other way but to call her on the air. So just kind of bear with us here for a, a brief little while, I guess, about a couple seconds while we try to uh, place a call to Glendine. Hi, Glendine speaking. Hi, Glendine. You're on Carson's Corner with Bob Carson. J. Ray, Justin Ray Harvey, and David Leavitt. How are you this afternoon or this evening? I'm great. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. I, I appreciate it very much. I appreciate it, too. Uh, thank you for coming on. Um, we just played uh, an audio clip uh, basically 
you know, surmising what happened uh, with your daughter. But, you know, fr from your, your perspective, uh, can you just tell us sort of how this all started and, and what happened? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, when Jessie was 17 years old, well, actually, when she was 16 years old, she wanted to move to Calgary to live with her father, who she'd never actually lived with, um, because um, her father and I separated when she was a month and a half old, and her older sister was a year and a half old. So, um, you know, she was raised entirely um, by me, but spent a lot of time with her father. When she was uh, 16, she asked if she could move with her dad because she was in grade 11, only had a couple years left of school, and said if she didn't, you know, do it now, she'd never really know what it was like to have lived with her dad as a child, as a kid. Um, so uh, her dad and I talked it over, and we agreed, and she moved from my home in Kamloops, BC, to her dad and stepmom's home in uh, Calgary, Alberta. And she did grades 11 and 12 there and graduated there. Um, this actually, um, this year is, would be her 10-year uh, grad party if she was still in Calgary. She would, I'm sure, be attending it. And um, when she was uh, 17 years old and in grade 11, uh, actually it was just near the end of grade 11, she met a fellow um, with her boyfriend. And this, um, not that it was a friend of her boyfriend's, don't get me wrong, and um, this fellow kind of took a liking to Jessie and kept in touch with her over the years. Uh, when Jessie was 20, she moved back to Kamloops, and um, this fellow started calling her. And the first call was in, um, I believe, early April, and he wanted her to go on a vacation, a trip down to Florida. He said to visit his mom. Um, however, we found, you know, we found out since that his mom lives in Edmonton, Alberta, and in Canada, not in Florida at all. But she went on this trip. Uh, I even tried to talk her out of it, telling her that nobody you know, gives you free trips or anything like that. So um, I was opposed, but she went and came back, and you know she had a lot of great pictures of what looked like a a good vacation. And um, and I was you know felt much more at ease because she was home. But a few weeks later, she was asked to go on another trip. This one to Atlantic City, New Jersey and to Manhattan, New York. And I again, you know, same same thing, you know, nobody does this for free. What does he want? You know, mm -hmm. um and Jesse's trying to make me feel, you know, better and telling me everything's okay, not to worry. So she went on the second trip and um the day before she was to come home she called me from the lobby of a hotel in Manhattan. And she told me she was quite upset with um her friend who had taken her because he had run out of money after gambling in Atlantic City the night before and suggested that she prostitute herself to earn them enough money to, you know, get them some, you know, enough for dinner and, and to get home. They had um, their tickets um, already bought, so, you know, he was trying to convince her that it was just something little to do. She was very upset. I was very upset because these were all of my concerns, you know, actually forming ahead, and I knew that this was exactly what I was afraid of. Um, we talked for quite a while, and in the end of it, she said that she wasn't afraid of this person. She actually thought he was just more of a jerk than anything. And she ended our call by telling me that she was going to go back up to the room. She was going to leave in the morning. Um, their, their flight was booked to come back to Canada the next day. And she'd see me then. And the next day, she called me and said, um, all excitedly, "Oh, we're um, we're not coming home today. We're going to go to Las Vegas." 
And I'm, of course, wondering, you know, well, I'm saying, well, how did he come up with this money? Oh, his mom sent him some money. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to go to Las Vegas. I'll call you when we get there. And this was on May 13th of 2005. So um, they go to Las Vegas. Jesse called me and tells me she's going to stay in Las Vegas until her 21st birthday, which was exactly two weeks from that date, from on May 27th. Um, you know, I argued with her um, until I was blue in the face, but it didn't change her mind. Uh, her birthday came and went, and I was saying, well, when are you coming home? And she says, oh, now, um, uh, you know, the next uh, excuse is what I call it. The next excuse that she was told to tell us was that she was in a car accident, and there was an insurance claim that needed to be done, and, um, you know, they they were going through a, a green light in this intersection, and a taxi ran the red light and hit them. So, you know, she's telling us how there was, you know, money that was going to be sent to them because of the insurance. So, um, you know, a couple of weeks go by with that, and I'm asking her what's going on with it, and she tells me that she's met somebody, which now I call that the third excuse. And then she meets the fellow, she falls in love with him, moves into his very expensive home, and by June, the next month after being there, she's uh, madly in love with this fellow. Uh, that's explained in a book actually written by Professor Benjamin Perrin from Canada called Invisible Chains, and it's called Love Bombing, and it's where they brainwash a woman into thinking that they love them in a very short amount of time. And during this time, Jesse ended up moving into this home, and um, we just thought she was happy with this new boyfriend who soon became her fiancé. She came back once and visited us um, at the end of November until Christmas Day in December. Uh, we never thought she was going to go back because there was a lot of fighting and arguing with this fellow on the phone, um, a lot of yelling and swearing and hanging up, so we just assumed that everything was over. But we all got up Christmas Day, and Jessie told us she had to leave um, on a flight that day. And there was no changing her mind or no convincing her out of it. On Christmas Day, she had to leave. And um, when we took her to the airport, uh, that was the very last time that we ever saw Jessie, and that was on Christmas Day of 2005. And uh, she went back to this person, and um, for the next three months, there was a lot of calls, you know, where Jessie would call me. She'd be upset, but she never told me anything other than, you know, it was an argument. She would tell me things like uh, she just found out that he was actually not divorced from his estranged wife, which she thought that they were um, divorced. Otherwise, she would never have, um, you know, got involved with him. And, uh, you know, so there would be you know, those types of fighting, but she never once told us that anything was happening to her or that, you know, uh, anything um, that we found out after she went missing. Uh, on March 28th, she talked to her sister several times about coming back to Canada. Um, her sister was also going to be going back down to Las Vegas for a short oh. vacation um, with oh. Jesse, and um, they're finalizing all those plans. And on March 29th, we never heard uh, back from Jesse ever. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was um, because of the constant communication that Jesse had with us in the time that she was there, we knew something was wrong within the very next day of her, you know, not calling us back. And, uh, you know, we tried to get a hold of her and the people whose numbers we had, and we weren't getting any response from anyone. And we eventually hired a private investigator, and he found out that in the 10 months that Jesse had been in Las Vegas, she had um, been beaten. She had been hospitalized with a broken jaw. She had been... Um, forced to work at an escort agency in Las Vegas. She had been arrested for solicitation, wow. and um, it was apparent that um, her trying to 
leave to come back to Canada was the most likely cause of her disappearance. Um, since no. then, we've just worked tirelessly. Uh, you know, we do everything we can to raise awareness on her, um, on other cases, and on human trafficking. And you know, but it's been over six years now, <coughs> and there's been no word, and uh, we still haven't um, still haven't found Jesse. Now, when when she moved in to, to uh, with with I guess her fiance uh, in the in the very expensive home um, was that that wasn't Peter Todd was that another guy? No, that was Peter Todd. That, that was, was Peter the, Todd. There, there was only two guys involved, and um, Donald Vaz is the Canadian who took her down there. Okay. And he actually left her with Yvonne Huxbreton and her boyfriend Richard Walcott, who it was the connection to Peter Todd. Um, Jesse met Peter Todd through them. Um, you know. You know, you can look at it different ways. She met them through them. She was given to him by them, or she was sold. You know, it, it's, you know, we, we don't really yeah. know the details or the involvement of any of those people with each other, but we do know that those were the key players. And, and things we know now that we never knew, things we know now from experts on this crime, and the isolation, which is obvious by them taking her to another country and, you know, keeping her away from all of her family and friends. You know, the... um the love bombing was also very apparent because Jesse thought that she was in love with this person and engaged to him, even though he was beating her and forcing her to work as a, you know, as a sex trade worker. And so, you know, the, the threats and the the brainwashing, you know, we don't know exactly what Jesse's were. We just know generally what they do. Um, 72 hours is all it takes to brainwash a young person, and the brainwashing could consist of, um, if you don't do it, you know, you you have sisters, and, you know, we, if you don't do it, we're going to, you know, hurt your mom. Like, there's a lot of scenarios they use. Um, after they've been forcing them to do it a lot, the, the brainwashing goes to about how humiliated their families would be of them and how much they would have nothing to do with them. And so they really isolate these girls with distance from their family and with all of this this brainwashing. Uh, you know, by the time that they're done with these girls, these girls think that their families will have nothing to do with them because of of what's happened. They don't realize that we know that they're victims. We know they didn't yeah. choose it. We know they were forced. But that's, you know, these traffickers, their job is to brainwash these girls, and they do a really good job of it. Yeah, this is a sophisticated ring, and, and these people have been doing this for, for years. Uh, just a, a few questions here. Um, how much, I mean, somebody may, must have made a lot of money, uh, you know, how much can, can one person, I mean, is there a pimp involved? Is there like a, 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 a regional guy, uh, involved or was that Peter Todd? Was he basically, you know, or like an, an upper businessman that, that controls the trade or I'm assuming this may even be an, in, an international trade since there's various countries involved. Well, it's very likely, um, other people involved. The only ones that we know of, and the only one we know of, um, as far as Jesse in the last part of her being in Las Vegas, is Peter Todd. He is known to the Las Vegas um, Pam during, um department, like their pit team and their vice squad, as a pimp. He's been known as a pimp to them since the early to mid '90s, and um, but they just haven't been able to convince any of the women that he's beaten and forced to, you know, to do this, they've just never been able to convince any of them to come forward, so he's just got away with it this whole time. Um, what we do know is that um, Jesse would be um, about 30, um, 
uh, about $3,000 a day is what this young girl would bring home to this person every night. And the wow. next day she would show up and, and, and need to bum a dollar off of somebody just to get, you know, a can of soda or something. And, uh, you know, I mean, for somebody who had such a large amount of money the night before and absolutely not even some change the next day, you know, one of the huge telltale signs. Um, you know, when, you know, if you just take a piece of paper and figure it out at, you know, seven days a week, four weeks a month, 12 months a year and six years, that works out to uh, about a million dollars a year it works out to six million forty eight thousand dollars in six years. Wow. So yeah, you're right, it is huge money. And it's very sophisticated because these people have women and they move them all over the countryside and and the world and they do this um without being caught. Now the the authorities in, in Las Vegas know of Peter Todd. Do they know his whereabouts uh, I'm assuming he's been in, investigated or questioned with regards to the disappearance of your daughter. Uh, just vaguely. I mean, he, after about the ninth day or tenth day of her being missing, the police actually meandered over to the house, to which he allowed them to walk in and, you know, look up the hallway this way and down the hallway that way, and they left with the report saying he was very cooperative and nothing looked askew in the house. Well. Obviously, you know, she'd been missing since the 29th of March, and this was the 9th of April. So by the time he allowed them to step into the doors, um, yeah, the house was, looked fine. He looked cooperative. But, you know, they should have been there earlier, and they should have gone there with more than just um, a glance up and down the hallways. They should have gone in there with, with dogs. They should have gone in there with, you know, you know, looking for blood. They should have gone in there looking for um, signs of fresh paint. You know, we don't know if Jesse was killed and, and taken out. We don't know if Jesse was moved to another country. But what we do know is that for the 10 months that she was kept in Las Vegas before she went missing, uh, she's definitely a, an international human trafficking victim. Uh, because of the amount of money that she did make these people, I believe with all my heart that she was moved. I don't have right. any feelings in my heart that my daughter's dead, and I don't get a feeling that a lot of moms who do have a child who has been killed, whether they know for a fact yet, you know, the moms, the moms know, and that's just something that I feel that I know, and um, and that's that Jesse's alive. You know, I mean, why would they take somebody who could make them a million dollars a year and kill them? Right. You know, when all they have to do is move them. I I just I to me I, I just. Yeah, so that that's basically your 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 position is that you feel that your daughter w was sold uh, into uh, uh, sex trafficking, uh, and, and she's she's probably doing this uh, somewhere in the world, uh, and just not able to to really contact you. And, and I I could completely understand. I mean, we saw. I alluded to that. There's been many cases where the the victim has been so brainwashed and and so. Uh, attached to their captors that uh they, they they don't respond to their family they don't make an attempt it's 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 you know it's it's very very severe psychological trauma that uh the, these women go through so that's i mean you know you can think of the elizabeth smart uh case where uh this lady was abducted and and uh you know i think it was 8 or 9 years later uh, she came well, to no, life well no actually elizabeth smart was just like a young kid she was kidnapped when she was um you know a young teenager uh, she was um held for about 9 months and when she was found you know she had police officers separating her from her two captors 
and they were, you know, almost begging her to admit that she was Elizabeth Smart. They're holding a poster and they're looking at her face, and she's still denying that was her. You know, but you know, the thing is, a lot of people say, "Oh, it's a Stockholm syndrome," and they are they have this connection to their captors, and to a degree, they do um, for a, a survival mode. But it's it's not a connection um, that is kind of like a grown into a love type of a thing. I mean, they have to show that they care. They have to act like they care because uh, the consequences are horrific. You know, you have right. just once act like you don't care. And, you know, the beatings, which you've been brainwashed to think that, you know, the next time you're not going to survive it. You know, Elizabeth Smart has siblings. Um you know, the last thing that she wants to do is have them follow through with their threat of going and getting one of them. So, you know, it, it took it takes four, uh, 72 hours to brainwash a young person. Imagine how much brainwashing is done in the course of nine months or six years. You know, it, it's just horrendous. You know, another good example of somebody who um, not only was um, taken for a long time, uh, J.C. Dugard, 18 years, but she also had an actual job outside of her, the hut she was kept in in the backyard, working in a, a business where she was in contact with people on a daily basis. And then you have so many people who say, oh, she must have liked it or she must not have wanted to be rescued because she could have told anybody. But when you're brainwashed, you believe that every single person who crosses your path is somehow connected to your captors. You believe that if you phone a cab, a cab driver is one of them. If you stop, talk to a woman at a local coffee shop, she is also working for them. So you don't have a single person out there that you feel you can trust. And also in J.C. Dugard's um, scenario, she had two little kids that she had had with her captor, and they were kept back at this house. Obviously, I would believe. Um, under the threat that if you said anything, you would never see your children again. So, you know, a lot of people think that it's turned into a love thing, but it's if there's any connection, it's more for a survival. It's, you know, if I don't show you that I care, you're not going to feed me, you're not going to give me water, you're going to beat me until I die. So, right. therefore, I'm going to act like I care for you. and And it's just horrific. It, these people, they have so many types of abuse that they've suffered that when they go to become um, saved, they're still a victim. They, it takes a, such a long process to become a survivor because you need to get counseling for everything, PTSD, physical, sexual, emotional abuse, everything you can imagine has happened to them. They've been raped yeah. and beaten, so... You know, it's not just we'll take them in and give them a little bit of counseling and they'll, you know, go on their way. No, it's it's such a long process. And a lot of the people, when they become a survivor, like Elizabeth Smart, she has become an advocate. You know, she's, um, you know, with the United Nations now. And, you know, she's just become such an advocate for the missing and exploited and for children. And that's what happens with a lot of victims when they become a survivor. They become... Of, a, of sorts, um, a caregiver. Yeah, and, and my my apologies to the audience. I got the Elizabeth Smart uh, case confused. Um, Glendine is absolutely right. Uh, she only spent nine months uh, with with her captors. For some reason, I remember her being missing a lot longer, but I, it was it was a long time ago. Uh, just it was a long time ago, and that's probably where the time frame 
is to you. It's probably been that many years since it happened. Um, yeah. You know, she was, um, you know, it's just amazing. I mean, I see her in the news. I see that, you know, like she just recently um, become engaged or even got married. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I did a radio show with Angels on Air a couple of weeks ago where um, Ed Smart and myself were the guests. And, you know, uh, though our daughters had both been on a documentary together, um, The Young, Beautiful, and Banished by E! Entertainment, we had never actually talked um, ourselves. So it was um, an honor for me to meet a father of a survivor. Uh, you know, she's no longer a victim. She she has become a survivor. Right. And, um, you know, it's it's those types of women and those types of people who, they keep me going. You know, a lot of people say, how do you go this long? Well, you know, there's, there's several reasons. One is, you know, Jesse's still missing. So you're not going to just say, okay, well, five years is up. I'm going to stop looking and right. carry on with life. Um, you know, I've got, she's got siblings who need to know where her sister is, their sister is. And, and you know, now she's got nieces and a nephew, and, you know, they, they love their Auntie Jessie. They know exactly who she is, and they know her picture of, you know, even if it's a little thumbnail on a computer, they'll still recognize it, that that's Auntie Jessie. But they, they don't, you know, they don't know what her hair smells like, and they don't know what her hugs feel like, you know. Um, so we we just have to keep going. Yeah. I don't uh, doubt I'll find her one day. Absolutely. There's, there's never uh, too much effort put into a case like this. There's never a reason really to... Uh, not remain hopeful, um, right. really. Uh, Justin, and that's you how to I met David Levitt from SYM Radio. You know, they were um, getting involved in helping missing people, and we ended up talking. And um, I was, you know, hoping to get on their show. And next thing I know, he's my guest on my show. And we just have become um, very connected since that in the last few months. And it's, you know, I guess you could say it's that type of support. And people like that that keep me going. Yeah, uh, yeah. David, of course, joins us now, and, and he's a tireless worker, uh, yeah. and, and just always, always, just constantly going forward. Yeah, he certainly is. Justin, you wanted to chime in? Uh, yeah, actually, I do have a question for Glendine. Um, have the police tried maybe like a psychic or something to try to help find your daughter? Um, Not the police, no, but I have. I've actually talked to lots of psychics. I've probably, I've lost track, but probably almost 50. And none of them have told me where she is. But um, And four of them have told me that Jesse's not alive. But um, every single one of them have, besides that, have told me that they think she is alive. But none of them have been able to, you know, tell me where she is. But it's always very... Encouraging. I mean, when you can have those kinds of odds, where that many mm-hmm. people say she's alive, and you know, even even the four who say she's not, you know, we don't know. And man, maybe she is. Maybe Jesse's spirit is just so strong that the ones who say she's alive really feel her. But um, I also look at it this way: that Jesse's spirit can be so broken that a psychic might think that she's not alive, where she absolutely very much could be. Yeah. Mhm. Absolutely. Well, my heart just goes out to you, Glendine. But yeah, it's it's nice to meet you. But I'm sorry, it's under these circumstances. Thank you. That's and that's the same way. And I'll tell you, it's it's such a I don't know. I guess you'd say an oxymoron type of a situation. In the last six years, the people that I have met and the friends that I have made, 
uh, I couldn't imagine not knowing and not having them in my life. But, of course, you know, none of this would have happened if Jesse hadn't gone missing. So it, it's such a, a weird thing to know that so many people who mean so much to me, uh, I wouldn't know if not for Jesse uh, being missing. And I've kind of taken Jesse's disappearance to another level, and it's partly got to do with the length of time it's been, and it's partly got to do with uh, me staying sane. And that is um, that I've had one horrific thing, and that's Jesse's disappearance. And everything else that's happened out of that, we've done by choice. You know, we've chosen to be vocal. I've chosen to travel all over Canada giving human trafficking presentations. I've chosen to have Jesse's story told in, you know, six or eight books and be in documentaries. And I've chosen to tell her story over and over and over and over, even though I have to go home and unwind and debrief myself every time, uh, because it's more worth it for me to do it and and get the the kind of medicinal feeling from what I've done out of it. Because every time I do, it's almost like um, you know, it's almost like I've just taken some uh, you know a dose of feel good. And you don't get that all the time if you if you don't do anything. And you need to still have good things happen in your life, even if you have a missing child. You know, uh, I was not a grandmother when Jesse went missing. And um, I now have my fourth grandchild due in um, July, on July 29th. You know, and those kids mean the world to me. And the last thing that any of those little kids need is to have a grandmother who's off her rocker. Uh, You know, it's sad enough that they're going to be raised knowing that their mummies have a sister that they'll never get to meet. You know, they don't need to have a grandma who, you know, isn't there for, you know, the other um, children and, and, and them. So... I kind of take what's happened to us and, and made it into um, everything good except that Jesse's missing. And that's just, you know, I had no option in that. So, you know, I kind of go, you know what, they took one choice away from me, and they're never going to take another one away from me. And I guess that's the thing that kind of makes me um, keep going is that fact. Well, we're going to take a commercial break here on Carson's Corner. Uh, we come back. I want to talk, Glendine, about your group, Mothers Against Trafficking Humans. Trafficking Humans. Um, a lot of uh, you know uh, good stuff that you guys are doing, and, and we're going to talk about that after the break here on Underground Progressive Radio, 5:30 a.m. Keep it right here on Block Talk Radio. Okay. What do your status updates say? You're learning a new language. Going all organic? Instead of typing your feelings, what if you could put them into action by creating a network to help keep kids off the streets in a country like Armenia or in Honduras? What if every ounce of your being helped update the status of a person and in turn they did the same for you? Would this be enough social interaction? Life is calling. How far will you go? Peace Corps. Get interactive at peacecorps.gov game. Hi, this is Frank Schaefer, author of Sex, Mom, and God. You're listening to Carson's Corner, a show I enjoy. I hope you enjoy it, too. I encourage you to listen. My name is Glendine, and I'm an abolitionist. I live in Kamloops, British Columbia, in Western Canada. My daughter, Jessie Foster, is an international endangered missing person and the victim of human trafficking. Jessie went missing March 29, 2006, almost six years ago. Jessie's disappearance has prompted me to take action against the crime of human trafficking. Her case has been told in hundreds of newspaper articles, in dozens of radio and TV and magazine interviews, in documentaries, and in many books. 
I write several blogs talking about human trafficking, and I am active on many social networking sites. I even now have my own human trafficking awareness and education blog talk radio show. Uh, I also give presentations on human trafficking. I give awareness presentations at different events, launches of organizations, fundraisers, um, high schools, and uh, most recently at a university. In November of 2010, I was given the honor of being the Hope Giver for Salvation Army Canada. Hope Giver is where you were once without hope and you now give hope to others. And I was working with Canada Fights Human Trafficking and I'm also on the Board of Advisors for the Frederick Douglass Family Foundation. Frederick Douglass is one of the most well-known abolitionists in history. There are many other organizations that I work with. I've spoken at different events alongside a Member of Parliament here in Canada, Joyce Smith, author Professor Benjamin Perrin, and Miss Canada, Tara Tang. They are all abolitionists, and they all are working together with each other and with myself and others to combat this crime. I know that my actions have helped to fight human trafficking. I have seen it in results of what I do. Parents and young women have come up to me. They've spoken to me of issues similar to Jesse's case. Well, I'm thinking they seem to be um, strange, and now they feel as if they were signs of possible human trafficking. I've also been told several times that I have helped them, or someone they love, um, to perhaps not become a victim. Students, male and female, come up to me at high schools. They tell me they'll never forget Jesse, that they are so grateful now to be informed about human trafficking, and I get hugs. Others can help me in this movement by joining MASS, Mothers Against Trafficking Humans, on Facebook. And I would like everybody to become informed, to stay informed and inform others, and to become an abolitionist. Thank you. We're back live here on Carson's Corner on Underground Progressive Radio, 5.30 a.m., and streaming live on Blog Talk Radio and on Speak Your Mind Radio. We are with Glendine Grant. Uh, she is our featured guest of the evening. Um, is there anything else that you could tell us about your your group, Glendine? Um, well, first I'd like to say it took eight tries to get that. <laughs> Even though it sounded like it was uh, well done, I was actually pretty impressed with how good it sounded, but uh, my husband had to keep uh, stopping and starting again because that's not something I do. I'm not a speaker. I'm not a radio host. Uh, you know, I, I'm a mom, and, um, you know, so when I do something like that, it, it actually is very amazing, almost astounding to me um, how things have come out. Um, like math, I, when I thought of math, I was actually uh, communicating with another woman um, whose daughter was rescued just before she was um, taken away. She had been um, kidnapped and sold to a Saudi Arabian and Class Kids Foundation, Brad Dennis from Class Kids Foundation, um, rescued her probably hours before she would have been flown away, and this was also in 2006. So instead of um, knowing Shauna, knew all the young women, and being friends with her mom, Lisa Brandt, um, I would be probably uh, friends with her mom, Lisa Brandt, as um, two moms with a missing child. But instead, um, Shauna is a survivor. Um, her story has been told on MSNBC, and, and they've done... Uh, on sex, um, you know, sex slaves in in Motor City, and um, when she and I would, we were just sort of back and forth, face, Facebooking one day, talking about starting an organization, and we had both come up with the same name ourselves. But Mothers Against Trafficking Humans. When you're a mother against trafficking humans, it was a very easy name for us to come up with. We both sent a message to each other at the same time. We both had the same name 
and we thought it was pretty ironic, so we actually decided to choose that. I had a little bit uh, more done because I had already thought of kind of like a, I don't know if you call it like a motto or a mission statement or whatever. I had, I had come up with um, Mothers Against Trafficking Humans, you know, when there's uh, – 27 million um, victims and $42 billion a year in profits made off of them. Um, someone's doing, you know, getting rich, do the math. And I just sort of thought about it, and I and I went. And on April 18th, 2010, uh, it was founded, so it's just over two years old. Um, it's more just on social networking than anywhere, but one day it will be a nonprofit, and it will be a worldwide organization. I think of MAD, Mothers Against Trafficking Humans, that only came about because of a woman who lost the child, you know, her child to a senseless death. And I just look at the changes made to how drunk driving is looked at, even drinking and driving. People think that they have to be drunk before they should hang up their keys. Drinking and driving is wrong. And um, I just think one day, you know, Mothers Against Trafficking Humans will be just as well known and just as influential in how people look at this crime. And, um, you know, I have people who have joined my groups all over the world, South Africa, Spain, you know, the U.K., all over the place. And it just tells me that this is a necessary group and and it'll be um, needed around the world. Yeah, and I'll I tell you why. There's a reason why, you know, it's not just a national organization. And it's because human crime, um, trafficking isn't a national crime. Right? It's right. an international crime. People are taken from one state or province to another, from one country to another, from one continent to another. It's nothing national about it. Right, yeah. And I had no idea it was... I knew it was a problem in some other countries, but you're saying that there's 27 million victims? Well, you know, that is a number that's been given out years. I mean, we have a lot of people who object to that number, and I say, you know what, even one victim is too many, but right. um, I don't care if it's 27 million people, 7 million people, 7,000 people. Um especially if your um, child is is one of the missing. Okay, and I'll tell you something that's really ironic. I just mentioned Brad Dennis of Class Kids to you, and I do have um, HLN Nancy Grace on the phone, and right then and there they just showed his picture and his name because they're involved in another search on another missing girl, Isabel um, Sellis. Um, she's been missing since last Saturday. She's six years old. So I just um, wanted to mention because, you know, that organization, Class Kids, is so phenomenal. Um, their um, ability to, to rescue victims, um, you know, stranger abduction, is just so uh, brilliant. You know, they've got investigators. They have, um, you know, like um, the means to do these kinds of searches, whether it's out in the um, in the forest with uh, ATVs, whether it's, you know, looking for a teenager who's run away via her social networking. Like, they, they just do it all. You know, you were talking on your radio show, I think it was last night or the night before, I'm not sure of the day, of, of how states need to uh, really uh, embrace a, a child, missing child alert system um, that, that is, is efficient in stopping uh, you know, these type of abductions. And I think your guest was um, a little bit upset that he didn't really get the embracing from, from lawmakers um, that 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 he should, and uh, can you really uh, expand on that and tell us, you know, what needs to be done at, at the state level um, to, uh, as far as Amber Alerts or, or any other type of preventative? Uh, well, you mechanism? know, the, the concept is great, but 
Uh, and, you know, that was last night, and the, and the person I believe you're talking about is Mark Palmer from Jessica's Law Now, and he's very involved with um, Mark Lunsford, whose daughter Jessica Lunsford was kidnapped by John Clooney and held captive for a couple of days and then buried alive, and um, he was sentenced to death, but he died of cancer before, you know, the um, government got the pleasure of taking his life. Uh, I'm in Canada. We don't have the death penalty. I certainly believe in it, and I agree that it should be, you know, brought back. Uh, as far as Amber Alerts, the problem with an Amber Alert, uh, with the system of Amber Alerts, is that you need a lot of information before one can be set up. And that, that's why there was not one issued for Isabel. You need to have a description of the clothes the kid was wearing. You need to have a, a description of what the person looked like. You need to have their car and a, and a license plate number, or at least a partial one. If you don't have all these things, they don't issue an Amber Alert because the point of an Amber Alert is that they expect it to, to help and find the child. And so the way I understood the wording is so, in other words, if, you don't, if you're not 100% sure that this Amber Alert is going to find a kid, you're not going to even bother because just a maybe isn't good enough. And that really bothered me. You know, I mean, this is a child abduction where it looks like somebody broke through a window and took a child out in the middle of the night. Who's going to see a car? Right. Who's going to know what they drove off in? You know, right. so I believe that the Amber Alert should be on the child and not the child's clothing and not the child's abductor, but uh, the child itself. And I also believe that you can add information to an Amber Alert as you go. If you do determine that the car that they were taken in, add it to the alert. If you do realize, okay, she had on those purple pajamas with you know, Tinkerbell, add it. But if the mom put the kid to bed and the dad realized she's not there in the morning, he might not know what she wore to bed. You know, so, so there's so many things, and, it just, and I think that's where it kind of irks me is that if you don't have all this exact information, you know, you're just, you know, out there, you know, trying to get people to, you know, see her through Facebook. You're not going to have the signs flashing across the highways, and you're not going to have all the police in the area, you know, having her picture on their screens, you know. And those little things make it to all the difference. Sure does. It, it sure does. Well, Listen, uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, can you direct people to how they can listen to your show and how they can join uh, your group and, and any other websites out there that you feel are very, very pertinent for this cause? Oh, definitely. Excuse me. <clears throat> well, first of all, um, my show is on Tuesdays, and it's on. Uh, it just depends on what um, what time of the. Um, I should say where what area you're in. Um, it's 5:30 my time and I'm Pacific time zone, so that's 6:30 uh, Mountain, 7:30. Um, let's see, um, I'm losing all my times. Um, it's 8:30 Eastern time, 9:30 um, Alberta, um, Atlanta time. Okay. And it runs for two hours, and um, I will. Yes, if you give me two seconds, I will actually read out the website because it's just like always starts, of course, with um, blogtalkradio.com. Right. And then it's just slash missing and exploited. Oh, great. That's and, great. you know, you can click on there. You can click to follow me, and you can see all of our episodes. Um, you know, we've got um, Angels on Air, which is on my network on Sundays, and that's hosted by... Um, Two women who are very involved, well, the founder and, and a worker with the 
uh, Army of Angels, and that's Kathleen Moore and Candy Stevenson. And then I have my Tuesday show also, and that's, you know, I have my guests just vary. They could be somebody who has a missing loved one, somebody who uh, works with for an NGO. It could be, um, you know, like a, a family who has had a missing loved one for 25 years. You know, I, I don't... Um, you know, if you've got a missing or exploited loved one or if you've got an unsolved case, if you want to get information to it out, then, I, you know, I will do a show with you. And, and that's what I do. I just want to raise awareness to any and every person that I possibly can. And I just want to say, Mike, I had a show a couple of weeks ago on a young man who had been missing 25 years. His name's Joe Helt, and he had been missing since 1987. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, and they had just passed the 25-year mark in January. And it just so happened that one of the listeners that night is a documentary filmmaker, just like um, you know, like not not a big name, just somebody who that's what they do, and they do it on cold cases. And they contacted Joe Helt's family, and right now they're in the works of doing a um, a documentary on his disappearance. That's amazing. And, you know, those types of things are second only. I mean, I'm, finding Jesse is my ultimate goal. Everything else like that is just, I couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah. And I do say it's second only to finding Jesse because I could never say anything would be better than finding Jesse. But that doesn't mean that second only isn't pretty darn good. I'll That's settle for all these wonderful seconds um, as long as they're helping people and as long as they're raising awareness on, on anything, no matter what you need, you know, what you need, whether it's a website, we have Kinsley Northam who does websites for the missing. You know, we've got Nigel Graham uh, from the UK who writes songs for the missing. You know, Lee Safar is doing a video that's being released uh, on missing children, and Stephen Watkins does QR codes for the missing. You know, the, it's just amazing what the people do, and almost everybody that I mentioned is doing it um, because they have fallen into this life without choosing to. Because they woke up one day, realized that they had a missing up one. Well, Glendine, it's it's been great having you on the program. Uh, it's it's uh, you know just what you're doing is inspiring to all of us, and and we're all uh, going to certainly do our part to raise awareness um, on this issue. And uh, I you know I think it's incumbent upon all of us. I I really do. Um, you know to to uh, you know just raise awareness and um there's just like i said all right we're back live here on carson's corner and i apologize i got disconnected uh we should be joined by justin ray harvey i believe he's still on the line and uh david levitt of speaker mind radio david are you there yes i'm here hey sorry about the uh the disconnect there justin are you there Hey, yes, I'm here, Bob. Okay, great. We're back live here on the air. Um, David, I wanted to speak a little bit about Speak Your Mind Radio uh, and and sort of educate the the uh, listeners about how you got uh, involved in becoming a missing child advocate and uh, and and why you constructed Speak Your Mind Radio. Well, to start off with, is uh, Speak Your Mind Radio started way back in. 2008, and I um, started up a um, now live show, and it was basically on issues that involved around that affect people in their lives around the world. And um, what I basically started it got me started on Speaking Mind Radio is um, my father-in-law who had suffered from cancer, and 
was um, ended up having to be put on one of those um, uh, machines. Not a machine, but uh, it's where you, if you have an emergency or something, you can push a button and then it goes off like life alert. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the first time that it was being tried here in the Manchester, New Hampshire area through Comcast. And it was uh, with um, Medline Services out of North Carolina. And um, they hooked it all up. They were having some problems, but they finally hooked it up. And then, of course, uh, one night, um, I actually happened to be just getting offline. I wanted to go sign off and everything shut down. And then all of a sudden, you know, his pager went off and, and the alarm went off and everything. So I rushed over. And he's, you know, dumbfounded at the table. He goes, I didn't do anything. And and then they tried calling in. They couldn't actually call in the box, nothing. We couldn't even use the phone or anything. And finally, um, about 15, 20 minutes later, the fire department came in, and we let them know that it was a false alarm. But um, we found out that it wasn't compatible with the um, digital boxes that Comcast had. So I started up an online petition, and we had about 28 signatures, and then I happened to call... Um, Medline to see what was going on to get an update, and they directed me to, to the corporate headquarters uh, of Comcast. So I actually spoke with the vice president and told him about the situation that was going on. And he saw the response from the, the uh, petition, and actually it got them to actually make the boxes compatible with the digital boxes. So wow. that's how I started up speaking mind. And I was dealing with some of the government issues and and whatnot. And then <laughs> kind of back uh, just a few months ago, uh, actually it was in July, um, it, there happened to be a lot of missing cases going on. Like you had Lisa Irwin in September. You had Selena Cass in July. And it's something that really touched my heart. And uh, there wasn't much awareness made available here in the area as far as in the media. So I said, well, why don't I go ahead and start back up again? And um, actually, I've had uh, uh, Kinsley Braun uh, from Too Many Unmissions. He had a blog talk show back months ago. And she actually does uh, websites for the families of missing people for free. She pays, She hosts it. She pays for the domain and everything. And we were talking, and she actually set me up with the website. So that's how the website all started up, and and me getting involved with um, being an advocate for missing for missing children because it needs to be attention needs to be brought to these cases. Yeah, I, I think it's it's really uh, interesting uh, interesting how you, you started on this personal uh, crusade for on a totally different matter. And you saw that by just how spe- speaking your mind and and getting people involved could make a, a difference. And and uh, you know it's it's very admirable what what you did. And and you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, when you start these things, you start a show, uh, you start a website, and, and you, you start uh, bringing attention to this. You never know what could result out of your efforts. And and it's uh, just a an absolutely uh, it's an absolute great thing what you're doing. Um, what are some of the, the statistics, David, because I know that you're on top of these issues uh, all the time. What are, what are some statistics about missing children, or what are the things that, that you could tell us that would really uh, surprise our audience? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what really 
surprised, I mean, what really, really surprised me is about half of, the, of roughly 800,000 missing juvenile cases in 2001 involved runaways. Wow. In, and another 200,000 were classified as family abductions related to domestic and custody disputes. You take the Stephen Watkins case, and you take um, uh, uh, the she abducted angels, uh, Sean Felton, who had his daughter abducted and brought in out of taken you know and taken into out of the country. And um, I'm going to just read a little insert from um, from the uh, Center for Missing and Missing Exploited Children. Uh-huh. Um, it says that the National Center for Missing Adults, based in Phoenix, consistently tracks about 48,000 active cases. And although that number has been bumped up to nearly 11,000 reports of persons missing after the um, after the, uh, hurricane, uh, the Katrina hurricane, and uh, in a phone interview, Pascal said a breakdown of the 48,000 cases reveals the dem- the democratic nature of America's missing persons. And slightly more than half, about 25,500 of the missing are men. About four out of ten missing adults are white. Three out of ten blacks, excuse me, three out of ten black and two out of ten Latino. Among missing adults, about one-sixth have psychiatric problems, young men, people with drugs or alcohol addictions, and elderly citizens suffering from dementia make up another significant subgroups of the missing adults. And like I said, about half of the roughly 800,000 missing juvenile cases in 2001 involved the runaways. Wow. About, only about 100 missing child reports each year fit the profile of a stereotypical abduction by a stranger or a vague, uh, vague acquaintance. And two-thirds of those victims are ages 12 to 17 years. Well, that, those are pretty alarming statistics. I, I, I got to tell you, um, you know. Put uh, in for a second. Sure, can. Yep. I, I have a question for Dave. Um, when did you start uh, helping people with disabilities, not just with like sex trafficking, but with people with disabilities? And uh, why did you mix the two together? Well, it was actually it was back in November. Um, uh, yeah. Euronation Radio is um, also a place that uh, raises awareness to uh, to have disabilities and people with disabilities can do anything to the love of Christ and God. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually, uh, Brandon Hibbs, the founder of Neuronation, actually contacted me um, in another uh, show that I usually visit all the time, uh, Gospel Music and Productions. They have their own internet radio station that they, they do and it broadcasts uh, it's all Christian music and hip hop, um, and he actually told me that he, you know, we had mentioned we, you know, we had, we had and you know, we've known each other for like four years, but we've lost contact um, the the last two. And he asked me to give him a hand and tell me what he was doing, and I I, I felt because I myself have a disability myself, mm-hmm. and you know, and I look at I look at back at what I've done, and nothing is I never let it stood in my way. I mean, I have a learning disability, okay? I'm slow, and I, you know, I have lung disease, but I don't let that stop me. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what made me be able to say, well, okay, well, why don't I merge the two together? Because those are the most things that <laughs> needs attention brought to. 
I mean, like with you. Okay, you've Absolutely. done a lot. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, you've written your own, you've written your own songs. Um, uh, so you uh, CP Prison, and yeah. you know the things that you do with your radio show, and you know, I it's that just which what got me involved. Wow. Yeah, I, that that's I mean just uh, just awesome stuff. It, it really is. Um, and Justin has always been a beacon for for us. Uh, you know, we, we've always just been inspired. I mean, he's you know even even today. I'm not going to disclose this, of course, but uh, Justin is dealing with a lot of uh, family problems. You know, some some members of his family are, are not in good health, and and still, you know, in spite of this, he comes on the air and, and uh, does the radio show. And I think that's just, you know, I know a lot of a lot of people that that wouldn't be able to conjure up the strength to do that. So it's just that's why we love working with him. That's why he's the co-host. Of the show, and that's why you know Carson's Corner is a perfect fit, a perfect fit for Speak Your Mind Radio. Uh, it, it really is. I, I, I can think of no other, uh, no other better fit, uh, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I mean, David, it's, it's what you're doing is 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 great. Uh, do you find it challenging sometimes just to keep up with all the different cases and all the different updates? Oh, yes, <laughs> so challenging. And I mean, I'm I'm not you know I'm not website lavvy. No, I mean I I finding it challenging right now. I mean I I just happened to come across one that um, who is actually I think she's going to be calling into the show. Um, is Nancy Woods? She has a daughter that's been missing for eight years. Um, uh, Georgina Lynn, um, Georgina Lynn, uh, the I hope I'm saying this correctly, the Jesus. And uh, she believes that she was a victim of also of, of human trafficking. And um, there is a group out there that I'd like to mention because a friend of mine also was working with her and, uh, and giving her because uh, she's had a daughter of, that's been through the same thing. Her daughter was 14 years old when she was kidnapped. And um, kidnapped and she was raped. And so she's working with her and giving her the support and everything. And she asked me to to uh, pass this on, and, and there is a group on Facebook, it's called Help, Please Help Find Missing Gina De Jesus, and she has a human trafficking forum, she actually, as a matter of fact, she just did, I think it was yesterday, uh, she was actually on the Cleveland, Ohio News, talking about what she's doing, and um, and uh, it's uh, Nancy, Re- Re- um, Nancy, I hope I'm saying her name correctly, if she's listening in, I hope I'm saying it correctly. Nancy Ruiz and Felix De Jesus, that um, they are the parents of missing Gina De Jesus. They spoke eloquently about how their lives have been affected over the eight years that Gina has been missing, and they're on a mission to educate the world about the issues of human trafficking and missing and exploited children. Have they come and, in contact with Glendine? Yes, they have. Yes, as a matter of fact, that we are Glendine's working closely with them, and. Um, from what I from what I've heard, uh, I'm just getting introduced into this case right now. I mean, I I you know I've just shared the phone number for it. I'm just going to be giving her a call. Where I'm actually I've got her documentary up on the website right now. If anybody wants to go there, and that's www.symradio.com, and it's right there in the uh, right on the main page, and it's a three part documentary um, on the case of of um, Gina. 
Yeah, uh, and you know, that that's just you know, I great. It's it's it's. I wish more people uh, w- would do this. Uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. because sometimes, as you know, it's difficult. The the mainstream media, I, I feel, doesn't do an adequate job. Um, in in reporting everything that's going on, I mean, you you you'll get those occasional cases like Natalie Holloway, uh, you know, and, and this person, and that person. But there has to be a certain appeal about that person. Like I I I think that minority children are, are underrepresented in missing the children reports by the media. In fact, I know it. There's been statistical analysis that really uh, suggests that. Uh, so it's hard. I know that you know it's it's a challenge to get the the mainstream media uh, to uh, I think to, to cover some of these uh, or all of these cases, and uh, you know um, th- that's why uh, it's it's good to see what you're doing, and we're going to start to help out more. Like I said last week on the show, uh, you know since since we are now part of Speaker Mind Radio, uh, we're going to be having more of these shows. I think uh, you know uh, an hour dedicated to some of the different cases. Um, you know, once a week or once every other week or once a month or however long uh, is yeah. definitely worthy. Uh, and it's definitely, it's our way of, of at least contributing a little bit to, uh, you mm-hmm. know, raising awareness to, you know, this, this epidemic. And uh, that's mm-hmm. what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, uh, we're going to publish it on the website and you never know who's listening and you never know what, 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 what could happen. That That's, that's the always, uh, that, that's, one of the rewarding things out there is that what we're, what we're doing right now, what that documentary you posted on your website, that could lead to some someone uh, being you know questioned or someone coming forward or, or any number of different scenarios to lead mm-hmm. to the discovery of this missing child. Yes, and um, I also like to uh, mention too that there is going to be a candlelight vigil on um, May 5th at um, 7 o'clock. Well, for us, there's going to be, they're going to be passing out flyers. Um, Let me see. She just typed this to me. Uh, Let's see. Okay, posters are going to be being uh, put up in the Cleveland area on the 5th, and they're all meeting at the place where Gina was was the last known place before she vanished. And um, also, there is an event that's going on at the Candlelight Vigil for Missing Gina de Jesus, and it's to light a candle uh, and leave the light on on your porch um, for the night and guide Gina home. Wow. And so everybody around, you know, to to leave a candle. Excuse me for a minute. I'm getting a little... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, this, this is... These are really oh. touching. Yeah, you know, it, and, uh, yeah. And it's just to ask everybody to actually on May fifth, and it's starting at seven o'clock, is to keep to light a candle. Yeah, leave a light on the porch. Yeah, um, that that's that that's just yeah, it's very very emotional, uh, and it's it's you know. And we take, you know, we take the Selena Cass case that happened there in July. Uh, she went um, missing out of her bedroom. Uh, I believe, I can see, I open up my uh, window here for a minute. It was um, July 26th when she went missing. She was taken from her bedroom, just like the one that just happened just this past Saturday. Um, uh, what's her, uh, I can't think of her name right now. I'm sorry. But the one that, uh, uh, Glendine was mentioning 
um, than before she just got off the show. Hello? Hello? Oh, he got disconnected again. Did he, Did he, Dave? Yeah, I think he did. Uh, you're doing a terrific job, though, Dave. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so actually we're not on the air right now, right? I don't think we are because I think okay. we got disconnected, I think. Okay. Okay. Oh, let me see here. Yeah. <laughs> you got to love technology. You got to love it. There is always some glitches. Uh, but that gives me enough time to be able to to um, dig up that name. I can't believe it. I, my, 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 my mind's blank right now. <laughs> oh, shoot. And Nancy's calling in, too. Uh, Bob got disconnected. Yeah, something happened. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. Are we still on here? I'm not gonna I hope <laughs> Oh, she says she can hear us, okay. All right. Uh, well, it looks like we'll take over the show until we get Bob back. <laughs> okay, since Bob's in action. She said she can still hear us. <laughs> okay. Um, well, as I was talking about, uh, let's see, I'm a little bit lost. I've got so many tabs open here. But anyways, um, I wanted to touch also on the Eaton uh, J-Hole Pats case, who went missing back in 1979 on May 25th. Mm-hmm. And he was he was le- legally declared dead in 2001. He was a kidnapped American child. He was six years old when he disappeared in Lower Manhattan, um, New York, on May 25th. At the time, the news coverage of Pat's disappearance was made into a media circus in the New York City area. He is arguably the most famous missing child of New York City, and his disappearance did help spark the missing children's movement, including new legislation and various methods of tracking down missing children, such as the meal carton campaign of the mid-80s. He was the first child ever to be pictured on the side of a meal carton, which also, back in 1983, sparked uh, the Ronald Reagan signing the the bill to declare May 25th um, National Missing Missing Children's Day, which is... yeah, which is going to be coming up here, geez, next month. And um, so, and Questions we have as we grow. It's hard to find answers to what we don't know. But 
Sometimes there's someone to whom we can turn to teach us life lessons and help us to learn just what's important and what matters most, much more than our teacher, and we. Call them coach Right there to guide us When we need a hand They reach deep inside us And help us to stand Lead by example In words and in Show us the courage we need to succeed And I stand before you And I'm proud to boast I'm one of the many Who's learned from the Truthout.org, and you're listening to Carson's Corner, only on Underground Progressive Radio. Yes, believe it or not, we are live now on Carson's Corner on 5.30 a.m. Underground Progressive Radio. Uh, this has just been a night that has, that has been plagued by technical difficulties, and, and I apologize to anybody out there that's listening. Uh, Justin... And David are, are on the line now. We're trying to reconnect with them. Uh, we have a caller on the line we're trying to get to. And just uh, bear with me here as we we try to work through the technical difficulties. We are live here on the air uh, on 5.30 a.m. Underground Progressive Radio. And Steve, so let's let's try to uh, to go to back to Justin. Justin, are you there? 
Hey, Bob, we're having so much trouble tonight, brother. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, all, it's all my brother. fault. It's, it's all my fault. You guys can uh, take a bar of soap and, and put it in a cloth and just hit me like Gomer Pyle got hit in Full Metal Jacket. I, I apologize. My computer just uh, just crashed. Even the backup one crashed. And uh, it looks like wow. we lost David. Uh, on the air, uh, we've lost David. Uh, hopefully, he'll be calling back. But we do have the caller. David has just called back now. Yeah, David, are, are you on the air? Yes, I am. I hope I am. Yes. Yep, you are. You're, you're back You're on the air, Dave. With Justin okay. and, and myself. Uh, now, we have a caller from 216 area code. Let's, uh, let's go to uh, this caller and see what he or she has to say. Caller, welcome to Carson's Corner. Hi, how are you, Dave? My name is Nancy Ruiz. I'm a mother of a missing child that's been missing for eight years. Oh, thank you very much for calling. We really appreciate it. Tell us about your story, please. Um, it was April 4th, uh, 2004. Um, my daughter was walking home with a friend from school. And on the way, um, they stopped at a pay phone for her, uh, because her friend wanted to call her mom to ask permission to see if she can come over. Her mother had told her no. And they split up. One went, one went north and the other one went south. And as they separated, I'd say between Withon and Fifth and Withon and Four, my daughter disappears. Vanishes. Nobody sees nothing. Nobody heard nothing. And until this day, nobody has come up to say anything. And it's been eight years. No, no leads, no, no witnesses, no nothing. Nothing at, nothing at all. Wow. Wow. And that's not the only thing. There's actually three girls that are missing uh, in this in the uh, in the same location. A year prior to my daughter, a 16-year-old Amanda Berry went missing after she left her job from Burger King on her way going home. She never made it home. Wow. Then my daughter. Yes. So it, it appears. I mean, it, it, these these uh, uh, missing children, these kidnappings are, are, are there signs that they could be related. I don't think so. But then again, oh, okay. there's a possibility because I always said from the beginning that my daughter was sold to the highest bidder. I believe she's in human trafficking. So, yes, there is a possibility, because the other girl that's missing, she was 14 when she went missing, and she's been missing for six years. Amanda now, Bay's been missing for nine. How did you get information that your daughter uh, may have been sold into trafficking? Um, I'm going with a mother instant here, because, first of all, there's no leads, no nothing on my daughter. Usually, when a child goes missing, I say within... Maybe within a year they might find the body. Right. And in my case, there's three of them missing, and there's absolutely nothing of of any of them. Have you been in contact with people like uh, Glendine Grant or or? Yes, I. Yes, I have. I've been on her radio show also. And is your it, it, your information about your case uh, is that on? Uh, where, where can can people find out about that or your daughter's case? Uh, my, uh, there's, um, it's called Please 
help a missing find Gina that they can um, go to? It's, uh, it's a group page. Yes. Okay. But they also can they also can go to where is uh, Gina De Jesus. Uh, of course, this is this is yeah, this is the uh, May fifth. There's going to be a a, uh, a vigil. Yes, for May eighth. No, it's May April twenty eighth. Is uh, candlelight and vigil. May tw- uh, May fifth is uh, giving out flyers of her. The now, candlelight is April twenty eighth. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry right. about that. I must I I I misinformed. I'm sorry. I thought it was May. Oh 5th. no no, that's okay. I'm, um, if I'm not mistaken, I hope I'm not, but I know April 28th, uh, they're having what they call a visual candle, and that is for everybody to light up a candle on their porch. Okay. It's okay, not going to be uh, in any location, but May 5th, it's going to be at West 105th where we will be giving out flyers and posters, or her flyer out. Okay, okay. I'm looking at the event right now, and um, it says Saturday. So April 28th it is? That is for the uh, the candlelight. Okay, so that's this Saturday? Yes. Okay. All right, I'll then, definitely have a candle. Yes, yeah, I'd appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, actually, um, Heather is the one that actually told me, that actually introduced me. I don't know, she said that she spoke with you. I'm actually um, the the one that has the website SYM Radio that does uh, raises awareness to missing and abducted children and letting parents tell their stories um, on air um, and you know the, what happens and and what they go through. Um, yeah. Actually, right now I just got done putting it up on the website tonight. Uh, before the start of the show, the documentary that was done on Georgina. Yes, there um, is a documentary. Yes. Yes, and I do have that right up on my website. Now there is because um, I got I got some pictures from the America's Most Wanted website back in two thousand. I guess she was aired on two thousand six. Uh, she was on uh, two times, twice. Twice. Okay. Yes, she and, was on twice. Um, now the composite that the FBI made up is is um, have a. I mean. Is is that that composite is is that up to date? I mean, no. I'm going to be calling the uh, National Missing Exploited Children to find out if they've done another one, but uh, they did it all the way up until she was 19 years old. But the, uh, okay. the FBI also has done some too. Okay. Um, yeah, I will. Um, Heather's got my email address, and um, if you can send me the updated pictures. That you have that I can actually so I can put it there the updated pictures on the website so it'd be you know people that can have a better idea of of um, the new composite and and what she looks like now she's what age twenty two now she is twenty two yes yeah was okay. thirteen with her birthday yes okay, okay if I can't uh, I I will ask Heather if she can do it I'm just learning how to use the computer yeah so to speak. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, as a matter of fact, just a little while ago, her daughter Angel and I were talking, and uh, we're we're actually working on trying to get together a um, um, a, a a musical slideshow for her with the pictures and whatnot. So, 
Well, this is good that we're all coordinating, and uh, it's it's good that uh, we're we're really really getting the ma- message out there. Um, so that's that's plenty. If people can go to uh, SYMRadio.com and find out more information, and uh, watch the documentary that's on uh, this case, um, and and you find out how they could participate uh, individual, and uh, you know. Uh, Yes, and um, yeah, and the way they can participate and whatnot is there is a form on the website, um, and they can click on the tab that says sponsor SYM Radio and Urination Radio. Um, Urination Radio is they are also raising awareness to disabilities, and people with disabilities can do whatever they set their mind to through the love of God and Christ. And uh, right now, things are going on in. I've been trying to re- get a hold of um, the administrator of the website to what she wants to do, and I can't seem to get a hold of her. I know that she's been having some problems health-wise. So, um, but yes, you can go right to that form if you want to volunteer. Um, you can volunteer. Um, I'm working on getting the volunteer form up on the website right now, but there is a volunteer form on. Nero, it's www.neronationinc.com. And there is a volunteer form on there that they can fill out. And, and of course, that will go right to my email address. So if you, anybody that wants to, to help out and volunteer, they can. Well, uh, this is Dan Amsters. Uh, thank you very much for calling. And is there anything that you want to say uh, in closing? Uh, yes. Because this uh, hardly gets out. My daughter was in special ed. She was 14 years old, but her mentality was a nine-year-old. And also I want to say, if she is listening, or if and everybody else that is listening and knows anything about my daughter, please contact someone. Let someone know. Thank you. Thank you very much. And... and uh... We, we we hope that someday you're reacquainted with your daughter, and uh, we, we, we sincerely hope that from the bottom of our hearts. And, and, and please keep in contact. Uh, anything certainly that I can do, uh, like I said, we're going to be doing this uh, you know, a few times a month, maybe biweekly, um, talking about cases such as your daughter's, and anything that we can do to, you know, to help keep uh, the, uh, the name out there and help keep this in people's minds. Uh, please let us know. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. And I hope to be talking to you soon. That's that's just great stuff. It, I mean, it really is what what you're doing, and and uh, you know, it's just you you hope that no person has to go through this. And this is, you know, the worst thing. I think I think in many ways it's the worst thing that you can go through as a parent. I mean, if you if you have a a child that, um, you know. God forbid, is is just dies or is in an accident. You know, there there's closure. Well, I mean, look, there's both sides of an argument, but this, I, I think it's undeniable that this is one of the worst things that that a parent can go through. You know, we we can oh, argue yes. all day long as far as what it was the actual worst worst thing, but you know, um, it's uh it's very very emotional stuff. And uh, David, I, I again I salute you for for the work that you're doing at SYM Radio. Um, and um, putting up a documentary. By the way, who created this documentary? 
Who created the documentary? Um, actually, uh, hold on one second. Um, but actually, it is in my playlist. Um, if if um, you go to w uh, to YouTube dot com slash n n r s y m radio, um, there is uh, right in the playlist on the documentary. It says who created the documentary. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and, it might um, have been that same. It might have been that same documentary filmmaker that Glenn Dean was talking about. Could possibly be yes, because um, actually that is in the works. Um, okay, but like I was saying before, before we lost you, um, is I wanted to bring attention and update on the Ian Pass case. Um, that's right. the one who went missing on May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy nine, and I was fifteen at the time. Right. And I do remember it was a big media blitz in that, and a lot of, and it, did, and it really, it, it um, uh, the disappearance was made into a media circus in the New York City area, and it was, uh, he is arguably the most famous missing child of New York City. His disappearance helped spark the missing children's movement, including new legislation and various methods for tracking down missing children, such as the milk carton campaigns of the mid 1980s, and he was the first child ever to be pictured on the side of a milk carton. And in 1983, uh, President Ronald Reagan, uh, bless his soul, <coughs> um, proclaimed May 25th Missing Children's Day, National Missing Children's Day, which is going to be coming up next month. And um, in other I'd like to also mention that Stephen Watkins does a lot with that, with the QR codes that Glendina mentioned earlier. And um, I'm hoping... To that, um, this because there's some stuff that he's going to be releasing on that day that's going to be doing a lot of making a big difference, and actually where people can actually take their smartphones and when they see a missing children's poster and the QR code right on it, they can actually scan that with their phone, and it brings up all the information, the website, and they can submit a tip if they see something or if they know something. And I am in the works of trying to get. One um, a plug-in put into where people can actually uh, post a tip on um, any of these missing cases. It is in the works. It just, yeah, it just you know I mean it, it does take money and like I said I am disabled so I am on a limited income and so like I said but I'm doing the first thing I'm trying to do right now and I have to work on and that is trying to get sponsors for the website. And the sponsorship form is on that website where they can fill it right out if they want to sponsor us. And once I get enough sponsors together, then starts the fundraising. Yeah. Uh, to actually, you know, to help to help these families out like Nancy Rez who, you know, to help with any investigations and whatnot because, you know, it, it does take a lot out. And, I mean, as you know, I mean, you know, investigators don't come cheap. You know, and and it's you know a lot of times you know people can't afford a private investigator. That's so right. you know, if we can get these funds, you know, say get the sponsors and get these funds raised, there will be money there to actually to help the families out. And that's my goal. Justin, do you have anything there? Uh, no, Bob. I'm just very emotional right now. It's been a very emotional night, you know, for yeah. sure that we normally do. You know, you're right. It is. It's because it's one thing to read about these stories. Um, it's one thing to watch documentary, 
but to actually talk to uh, the mothers of missing children and, um, you know, and children that have been uh, sold into sex trafficking, it's it's really a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I mean, it's it's just, you know, it's it's almost overwhelming to know that the person on the other end of this line um, has, you know, uh, is is a national figure um, in this this dark, uh, you know, uh, d- demonic um, world. I mean, at least raising awareness to, to to this dark demonic world, and uh, and and it's just, you know, it's it's really uh, it's I don't know. It's it's something that, that it's very emotional, but yet um, it's it's almost I, I I can't describe the feeling when when, when we talk to people like. Uh, um, Glenn Dean or Mrs. DeJesus, it's 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 really uh, you know, it's like wow, you know, it's it's I I I really can't even believe it. But there there are a lot of mothers um in this country in this world that uh you know have uh, experienced this type of trauma. You know, I mean, think about that a, a missing child, a, ch- a child who was abducted. I mean, that just it's it, it, just the the gravity of that event. It, it, it's it's really just wow. It's 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 it almost um, overwhelming. You know, and I can you know, I mean, you, you take the the parents over um, in the past. I mean, they've had to deal with this for thirty three years. Right. You know, and, yeah, and, and was, uh, it's and been an it's an, it's been an emotional up and down roller coaster for them. And you yeah, know, yeah. and now with this, you know, with the, the case, you know, with the the digging ending on Sunday and them finding it, no conclusive evidence, nothing. You know, I mean, even the stain, you know, the stain on the wall that they found that's being sent to the laboratories, you know, I mean, I've watched some of the videos. I, I watched one that was just basically posted on CNN um, earlier today um, about, you know, the DNA. I mean, what it can do. I mean, you've got years and, you know, the dust, and, and it can, in effect, it, it can actually affect the DNA for them being able to actually bring up anything. And you know it, it's really sad that you know that they they couldn't you know find anything. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, there was one witness that you know. I mean, I've got the video on the website, you know, and I talk a little bit about it. But um, uh, one of the persons, you know, that was they they thought you know they they had questioned, and he was um, a handyman, and he was doing work for the family. And, you know, in Little Eaton, you know, on the day that he was there before he went missing, the day before, he helped the handyman, you know, and he gave him a dollar. And, you know, back in, in them days, back, you know, to a kid, a dollar was a lot of money. You could get a lot of stuff, right. you know, and that's what he was doing to do. He bragged about, you know, taking that dollar and going down and getting himself uh, a soda pop before getting hit in the bus, you know, and, Yeah, I know. Um, it's uh, really, you know, you, know, uh, I mean, you take this guy, Jose Antonio Ramos. He was, you know, he was the, he was the, the uh, uh, excuse me for a minute. Yes, um, he was a family. He was, he was known to the Pats family. He was the prime suspect all along. But in nearly, you know, but in the early '80s, they were still unable to prosecute him. And in 91, the jailhouse informants claimed that Jose Antonio Ramos, a convicted child sexual abuser in prison in Pennsylvania, finally admitted to a direct involvement in Eden's disappearance. Right. But, 
you know, he has never been prosecuted. In 2004, there was the lawsuit that they won, but still, to this day, he has not been prosecuted because, you know, he denies it now. So, you know, it's it's just really sad that they couldn't find anything because he's about to be released here in November. You know, and, you know, even though... I still in jail for the, the, uh, uh, the uh, molestation of another child? Yes. It was, uh, I believe it was an eight-year-old child. You know, and, you know, I know that you have to be, you know, now, it's, which is good, you know, when you're released, you have to register as a sex offender. Okay, but still, I mean, you know, that doesn't stop them from doing it. Yeah, they can still go out and offend again. You know, I mean, it's... Oh, I'm going to stop before I get too emotional. I don't want to get too emotional in the air. Yeah. Because it just really touches, you know, it's really what they have to go through. So I hope right. that closure does come to this case. Well, we're going to um, pretty much wrap it up here. It's, it's been a very, yeah. very full show here, uh, and we, we, we've really disseminated a lot of information, and uh, it was great talking to Glenn Bean. I want to encourage everybody um, to visit her blog talk page. I believe it's blogtalkradio.com uh, slash yeah, mission, missing and exploited, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. And they can find yeah, yeah. out all, all information um, and I'm sure that they can uh, find out how to participate in her group, Mothers Against um, Trafficking, Human Trafficking. Yeah, uh, all they have to do is is all they have to do is type in NAP on Facebook, M A T H, and it comes right up. That's right. Um, you yeah. know, and yeah, and then like I say, I've got my Facebook page, um, Missing and Abducted. That's uh, Facebook.com/slash/missing.dot/abducted. Excuse me, missing dot and dot abducted, and um, all the likes there. I've got you know her group right on that page. <coughs> so um, there's only many ways that they can get to her group, and Absolutely. I really do urge I really do urge people to uh, join the group for help find to help find Dina. Dina de Jesus, there's a uh, an event this this Saturday. Yep. Um, and you can find out more information on SYMRadio.com, correct? Uh, yes, I'm going to be working as soon as we get off the phone. I'm going to be working on trying to get those links there, too. So, Well, listen, David, it's uh, been a pleasure uh, having you on the show. We've got to do this um, really as often as we can. I know it was a lot of work. We put a lot of work yes. into the show, and especially on, on your end. And uh, But I, I t- I'm telling you, it's worthwhile. It, it really is. Uh, you know, if if we could do this maybe once or twice a month, um, that would be fantastic. We, we just and I would be happy to do it. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, we'll, we'll be in touch, and uh, thank you very much for all you do, and, and we'll talk to you sometime down the road. Yes, thank you. Justin, well, you know, this has been a very, very different and unique uh, episode of Parsons Corner. Um you know, I think we, 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 uh, we, we, we had a good show, minus the technical difficulties. I think we we got a lot of information out there, uh, and hopefully somebody out there listening uh, has the key or has some some sort of valuable piece of information uh, that could, you know, bring closure to uh, these two families. And um, you know, it's uh, it, it was different different, different uh, tone for us. You know, we're, we're used to 
joking around oh, on one thing. Yeah, yeah, joking around. I'm used yeah. to getting worked up, but, you know, about tax cuts, about income inequality, about a low rate of unionization. But, you know, take, something like this is where the most important thing is just getting the information out there uh, and letting uh, these mothers tell their stories and, and you know, giving people an avenue on which they can act to to really help. And this is this is really a community service. And this is what the airwaves should be about. You know, the, the airwaves should, should should be about helping the community. And, um, you know, if, if our, our corporate-owned airwaves aren't going to do the job, then, then we will. Then, you know, you and I will. And I think we should do this. We should try to strive to do this, uh, you know, um, maybe one or two hours a month. I, I, I think it would be uh, certainly worthwhile. Absolutely. Any bit can help, Bob. And since we're closing the show, I'd like to say on Sunday, um, I will have Gordon Rakusa on my show at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And I am also working on getting uh, Bridget Wilson on my show. If you're not familiar with her, she was in the movie Mortal Kombat. She played Sonya Blade, and she was also in Billy Madison. She played the teacher... Um, in the movie, she was also Adam Sandler's girlfriend in the film. So yeah, you've you've got a lot of big things coming up here, and that's BlogTalkRadio.com backslash JRay Radio, right? Right, right. People can catch that Sunday, 6 p.m. Gordon Crusa. Uh He's been a guest on my show, a very very good guest and blogger and author, and um, you know you've got to you've got to uh, listen to the five principles. Uh, you'll learn a lot from, from Gordon. Um, I just want to let people know that tomorrow on my MMA show, on this this very channel, we should be talking with Tommy Morrison. Uh, Tommy yeah. Duke Morrison. Uh, hopefully. I, I haven't got, I mean, I've gotten confirmation uh, yesterday from a mutual friend of ours, and I just I haven't gotten a confirmation um, directly, but it, it should be on. And uh, tomorrow will be Tommy Morrison on Carson's Corner. And also, and following our 9 p.m., Joe Diesel Riggs will be on talking about his uh, MMA career. Just 28 years old, um, still fighting. He's been around a long time. He's gone back to 170. This is this is a guy who could shoot up the ranks. Believe me, you know you you could see him uh, in one of these uh, major uh, promotions. I think fighting uh, for a title, and uh, that that should be all fun. Uh, it's going to happen tomorrow at Carson's Corner, 8 p.m. on uh, this channel in conjunction with Cage Junkies. Dot com and uh, the political show is, is just uh, really on a tear. Our Lee Camp show last week with Justin Knighton with comedian, activist, and musician Lee Camp has received thousands of downloads, and uh, it was a great experience. And and you know we want to thank everybody who listened and thank Lee and, and uh, you know we're on a roll and, and we're going to keep on keeping on here on Carson's Corner. Big thanks to David Levitt of Speak Your Mind Radio, Glenn Dean. Grant, uh, mother of uh, Jesse Foster, who was missing, been missing since 2006. And um, big thanks to uh, Underground Progressive Radio, too. You can check us out on Underground Progressive Radio. You can check us out on speakermindradio.com, Podomatic, bobcarson13.podomatic.com. And you can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com backslash bobcarsonmma. We'll be back at you next week with a political show here on Carson's Corner. But until next time, show some some respect. respect. Take care, folks. See you next week.
The son of a Polish immigrant who grew up in a Brooklyn tenement, Bernie Sanders. He went to public schools, then college, where the work of his life began, fighting injustice and inequality, speaking truth to power. Bernie moved to Vermont, won election and praise as one of America's best mayors. In Congress, Bernie stood up for working families and for principle, opposing the Iraq war, supporting veterans. Now he's taking on Wall Street and a corrupt political system that holds up a rigged economy. Bernie's campaign is funded by over a million small contributions from people like you. He's fighting for living wages, equal pay, and tuition-free public colleges. Bernie Sanders. People are sick and tired of establishment politics, and they want real change. Bernie Sanders, husband, father, grandfather, an honest leader, building a movement with you to give us a future to believe in. I'm Bernie Sanders, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Bernie 2016. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.